people online are searching for information about the Trinity about 160,000 times a month, this is probably because the belief that God is one being who exists in three distinct persons is profound and complex. Different interpretations and understandings of the Trinity have emerged throughout history, leading to theological debates and disagreements amongst various Christian denominations. This is why we put together a multi-part series that delves deep into the fascinating nature and characteristics of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In today's episode, we'll dive into the concept of the Trinity and explore why it can be very difficult to explain biblically. The next few episodes will then focus on God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Welcome to Seek and Find with Dr. Mark Rivera. Dr. Mark, thank you so much for being willing to embark on this incredible journey together. I know this is going to be a tough one for us. Oh, it'll be tough, but it'll be uh, very enlightening. And it's going to open up our thinking and allow us to really explore areas that I think are so important for us to explore. And particularly when we, when I hear about the the, the stats that you just gave us, you know, over a hundred thousand uh, people have questions about this every single month. 160,000. 160,000. Yeah, those are, that's the average amount of searches people are doing per month, um, asking questions about the Trinity and, you know, looking for information about the Trinity. I was even surprised by by that number. Wow, it's that, a pretty high number. Yeah, that is a high number. I did not think it would be that high. Probably had interest. Um, I thought there'd be interest in other things. It's a concept that I think that, it, yeah, let's definitely dive into it. And the reason why we've thought about multiple episodes is because it's that vast. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, we can really dive in so deeply that we'll get lost, confused, and maybe it'll even chip away at our faith, actually. Mm, we want to avoid that. We want to avoid that, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, um, uh, or we can do it like uh, uh, the approach that I want to take. And I want to just, mm. this is not a disclaimer, but it's, this is me being very open, transparent, and honest. Yeah. And that is most definitely we can um, approach this today and in the next sessions um, from a deeply theological uh, position. Mm -hmm. And then uh, and show all the scriptures and go back to the historical um, uh, information that, that we have and, um, and, and be able to present it that way. I am not sure that that's what's going to help our listeners, all those 160,000 people that every month want you know ask their questions. Mm -hmm. Um, is it necessary? I think it is, but I don't think for our uh, this episode or what we're going to do um, is, is that important. Now, I don't, that does not mean, and I know I could be misread by what I just said, that I'm shying away from uh, diving in. I like the wrestling with the text. I like that kind of athletic, mm. you know, uh, exercise uh, because it helps us grow. But. Um, my advice to the listeners is let's approach it with a clean slate in a sense that uh, rather than, okay, let's see what they have to say. And as soon as something irks you or, you know, doesn't land well in your mind right away, you know, it, it piques your interest to fight back. This is not about that at all. I, I'm a firm believer. This is what I've been following for so long. I say you cannot critique something until you try and fully understand it. And then to, to fully understand it, Sometimes it takes you out of your comfort zone yeah. and it challenges beliefs. It challenges traditions. It challenges even cultural uh, influences. Uh, uh, so that's where, where I'm going. I'm going into, okay, let's back away from all that we are. And in a sense, I want to back away from a theological pastor mm. and be more, uh, or a theologian rather, and be more pastoral. And a pastoral is different. 
Someone that has a pastoral approach is the person that helps the individual people get the benefit of the gospel in their life. You know how I compare it? It's like the automotive engineers, right? Mm-hmm. The automotive engineers, they design all the minutiae details of how a car works. Right. The end user, the person who wants to use the car, all they care about is that they put the key in, or even now you don't need it a key, um, <laughs> that the car starts, dries, and takes them from point. That eight. it works. That, exactly. That it works. They exactly. don't, they don't, they're oblivious to the details and the engineering, like you just said, that went into making every little detail of the car work. Right. I I, I mean, in in staying on that car thing for a moment, because that's my thing. My second (laughs) thing is I love cars. Dr. Mark loves cars. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, um, How many people own a vehicle and read in the manual, there's Mm -hmm. at least least two or three pages of specs. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one. Yeah, yeah. Typically. No one. Unless you're a car geek. Yeah. 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 Unless you're crazy like me, because I read that (laughs) stuff. You know, uh, how many cubic inches the engine has, what's the torque, what's the the horsepower, wheelbase, all that stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, How many valves it has, and, you know, is it it carbureted? Is it, you know, all that stuff you want to look at. Um, the same thing applies to other concepts in life, this mm. being one of them, you know, yes, in, in, in a seminary environment, let's go down to the minutia and let's go to, uh, uh, we'll answer three questions, but then nine questions come out of the debate. Right. Right. That's what it's about. It's about doing an academic exercise into philosophy and into theology, understanding the divine. So something like the Trinity really does require more than just potentially a 45 minute Podcast episode basically is what you're trying to say. What you're saying with, with a concept that, like this. That's so true because in a way we're doing a disservice if mm-hmm. we're going to try and explain it. So that's why I, I want to come out today and say right away, we're taking. I'm taking a pastoral approach to this. Okay. Pastoral. Like, for example, the, you know, look, look at the idea of healing. Mm. Right. We believe in that, that God is a healer, right? Jehovah Rapha, the healer. But what happens when a family, now we teach that, we hear that, the evangelist says it, the, the, the professor of theology says it, but when a family is praying for healing and healing does not come, the mm. healing they're expecting, mm. it takes a pastor to hold their hand and let them navigate through that uncertainty. Mm. That's what that, that's where I'm going. You know, the, 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 the pro, pro, uh, professor of theolo- New Testament theology or whatever, systematic theology, doesn't come down and hold the people's, hold the people's hand. When a family has to decide whether to disconnect a loved one from, you know, life support systems, they're not going to call the evangelist. They're yeah, gonna, yeah. It's going to be a pastor that's going to next them and help them to integrate biblical concepts to their everyday lives. So I want to take the same approach with the Trinity. And I know it's going to, it, it's, I'm going to repeat what I said a few moments ago. <laughs> it's going to seem like I'm shying away. No, that, that is not my temperament when it comes to this. My temperament is, yes, let, let's engage because uh, I'm fully aware that at the end, we'll, you know, some things will be resolved and others will not be resolved. No, I, but I think it's important because I don't want to, by this concept, have people pull away from the gospel and from the Lord simply because it seems so complex or some of the things that I say, which are observations that we need to make, Yeah, you know, when, when we, when we, as we start to dive in deeper to this, because in reality, and you and I mentioned this a few moments ago before we got went on, that is the button, the, the word Trinity doesn't even appear in scripture. So, yeah. you know, you know it, it just is not there. You look in the old Testament, new Testament, you look in original, right? It's, it is not there. So uh, why do we use that now? And I think those are, and we'll tackle that question uh, because I think that's important to get to. This is a topic that's controversial. There are people that are Trinitarian, Mm. that are, you know, they're going to heaven. And there are people that are not Trinitarians that are going to heaven as well. So I don't think this is a concept 
And again, I'm already starting the controversy. Oh, here we go. So, you know, <laughs> no, this is but not, this is part of what makes this topic difficult to to dive into. Is exactly what you're saying. Like, well. Let me let me let me let you continue. No, no, <laughs> you're on right on target. I wonder how many of those those 160 people that are asking questions every mm. single month are trinitarian or not trinitarian or have faith at all in anything. Yeah. So you know, uh, that's why I'm and I'm sounding like I'm hesitating because I am. And mm. I'll, and when I start hesitating, I start speaking a little slower because I want to make sure I measure my words, because my thrust here is not to create controversy to stir the waters. Let's stop for a moment and let's examine. We're walking, we're kind of walking into the showroom of a car dealership. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's just look around real quick. Look let's around. Take a look. Let's not run away. Yeah, yeah I get what you're saying. Let's, let's not... kick the tires. Okay, so let's let's just open o- it up. Open the doors, yeah. you know, see what color I want, and you know, all that all that stuff when it comes to that. So when we're talking about um um the, the Trinity, the Holy Trinity, depending upon against your religious tradition, you'll call it the Trinity, which that, that's more the vernacular in an evangelical uh, Christian perspective. Or if you're from a more traditional and older uh, uh, faith traditions like Catholicism or even Anglican Episcopal, they use the term Holy Trinity. Mm. So they'll do they'll do that. And really what it does, it's a word and, and we can see, I mean, we can break down the, the, the word, the tri means three. So it's mm-hmm. really the God in three manifestations. Mm. Manifestations meaning the way that uh, God shows himself in these three different ways, manifestations for us, uh, re- revealing his deity. Mm-hmm. Now, a word that's commonly used, and we can stay on this one for a moment because I think it's important. Oftentimes, uh, when you hear the word Godhead, Yes, yes. That's, right? a, that's a common one in yeah. the Christian tradition, yeah. Correct. So the, that's a word that you hear when it's a reference or someone explaining, teaching, or preaching, or sharing with regard to the Trinity, Godhead. And the response almost automatically to that, even from evangelical Christians, even from pre- people in Christianity, the response right, right away, uh, verbalized or non-verbalized, what comes to mind right away is a God with three heads. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like Godhead, where what are the other heads? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, and that's by the way, by the way, that's a natural conclusion. That's a natural path that our mind takes because we we are logical, we reason, we look at things, you know, and we want to analyze them and we want to try to understand the pieces of it. So sometimes the language that we use, we have to be careful because oftentimes that'll that'll muddle the water rather than bring bring clarity to the hearts and minds of people. And I, and I suspect that people, uh, and again, I'm trying to stay general. We're going to get more into it. As, you know, today we'll get into some of it, but then over the next sessions, we'll get more deeply into the three persons of the of the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry, of the uh, of the Trinity. But we we have to be careful that the the language that we use can st- cause people to stumble. Mm. You know, and and that one might be a stumbling block. Now, I know some of my brothers and sisters from my tradition hearing me right now, they can't believe that I say we have to be careful with using the word Godhead. <laughs> but Godhead for me, a word Godhead is not sacred. It's not a word that's, you know, that, that's a word that we can use or not use, but it is used. And it creates in the minds of people this thing of a three-headed God, which is the wrong model you know, right away, and the next step is we start thinking about science fiction. So for you, it's more you don't want to potentially trigger that image in people's heads. That's that's why you avoid that that language. 
Right. And that's why I'm saying it now, because if, okay. if I just leave it at, we're going to talk about the Trinity and not start to unpack the way culture, society it. Yeah. Yeah, looks at it, it, it may turn off some of our, our, of our listeners. And I, right. and I think 160,000 people a month uh, are seeking to experience something bigger than themselves. Yeah. So that's why I'm being cautious and careful because I, I want you to, you know, audience, I want you to stay with us yeah. as we go through this and don't draw any conclusions until, you know, we, we finish with the presentation over the next several sessions. This is not going to take place right away. And you're going to notice also um, that you, sometimes we need to take some time and let things marinate in our mind and our heart. And uh, before we actually conclude, you know, you go to a fine restaurant and you, if you eat too fast, you're really doing a disservice to what the, sh- the, the, the chef has prepared for us. Mm. Right. You have to, you know, slowly let it, you know, soak your mouth and, yeah, yeah. and all of that. Let's not jump straight to dessert just yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And let it, you know, and let it marinate in you. And, and sometimes with concepts like this, it, uh, we have to then pull away and let it simmer for a while and then... Uh, you know, and also you by the we may do a you know whatever number of sessions, you don't have to conclude anything in mm-hmm. in the sessions. There's some stuff that you have to just let it sit for weeks and months, sometimes and sometimes even years. Prayerfully is my suggestion uh, before they start settling in your life. So that you know that's kind of like the setting the stage for how we're going to be uh, looking at this. And if you look at even the word Trinity, again, it's not a, it's not in in the Bible, but the concept of three, mm-hmm. the concept of three. Right, because that's Trinity. Of uh, it's tri. So the concept of three, you see that form of symbolism in culture today. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use one example, and there's many, but I'm going to use one example. You look at the uh, here in the United States, the form of government that we have, because mm-hmm. this helps us to understand where the word comes from. And we're going to talk about that in this session, where the word comes from. But it helps you understand that we we have how many governments in in our country? How many federal governments do we have in the United States of America? One government. We only have one government. Yeah. But in our constitution, the founding fathers, so that people can understand the function of government, mm. what they did is they separated the powers. Mm. Right. This whole concept. And I'm not a lawyer, but I, you know, I'm taking classes obviously, so that doesn't make me a lawyer, but <laughs> it helps me understand the the concept. So it's the separation of powers, right? Yeah. Where the power, but th- those powers operate independently. The executive, the judicial, and congressional legislature, right? They operate separately, but it is one government. So yeah. there is a link, a link into the the larger body. And I think that's, so we see symbolisms like that. And there are others, but I think that's the most oppressing one, the most uh, visible one. And um, one cannot rule over the other in in government, the government example. They work in complementing each other to lift up what synergistically, all three coming together, can bring forth to the American people. Mm -hmm. So our government is not the Supreme Court or the judicial. Our government is not the executive branch, the president and White House and all that. Our, our government is not the legislature, the Congress and Capitol, Capitol Hill, right? It isn't that. It is those three working synergistically, working together, that form the delivery of a, a democratic uh, experiment, a democratic experiment of the government of the United States of America to the, to the citizenry and to the world. Mm. And I think when we see, um, we use that. Now, that doesn't fully explain, because I'm using something temporal and, and secular, to try and understand something more divine. So it, it doesn't easily fit, but I think it starts to crack the door open perhaps uh, for people to start to understand, Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, This concept of three in one. 
Yes, yeah. exactly. And the one that really matters is the conglomeration, the synergy, the, the synergy that exists with all three then brings us what is God. So when you pray, uh, you can pray, yes, I pray to God the Father and God the Son and the Holy Spirit. In fact, there's some instruction in Scripture that we'll look at in in one of the subsequent episodes where, you know, you, you baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, uh, but also you can just use the word God when you're, when you're yeah. talking. I was going to say that, yeah, there's a, there is a reference in the book of Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. I won't read it verbatim, but yeah, Jesus is baptizing specifically in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I think that's a very explicit biblical example of where this concept of the Trinity comes from. But to your earlier point, the actual phrase terminology Trinity isn't in the Bible. But I mean, I, I think that's a good biblical reference, at least for this concept of three and one. Yes, yes, I, I, it certainly is. And that will become more solid, that that idea, uh, as we go through the next several sessions, because then we'll explain what each of the role is and how they interact with one another and the function that each one of those uh, roles uh, 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 impact our lives because mm. there's going to be a difference in there as well, but it's still just one God. And so, yeah, you're right. The, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit baptism, that's a, that's a, you know, and by the way, that's controversial too, because mm. when you're in seminary and you're, you're learning pastoral theology and particularly how, uh, some of the ordinances of the church and now you do um, a study when you take a course on baptism is one of the things that's talking about. There's always the controversy that's brought up. All right. So do you baptize only in the name of Jesus or you baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Hmm. My answer is just baptize them. Already. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I mean, we, we keep circling back to this concept that it is essentially one being. And I think that's an important place for us to just, you know, park on real quick and, and clearly define because there's also some people who are not familiar with the Christian faith and will look at this superficially and scratch their heads and say, wait, how are you monotheistic if you believe in good. the Father, Son, yeah, and the Holy Spirit? So can you help us just, just I mean, I, I think there's a quick way to address it, but if you, we can explore that real quick. This what I, is your quick way? I'm curious. Well, my, well, you kind of already, listen, you're putting me on this. This is your podcast. <laughs> well, no, I will base if we're listening to what Dr. Rivera was saying, uh -oh. I think the analogy you gave about the U S government was a perfect one. It's one government and there are three dimensions of, of how this government functions. You also had said something earlier that, uh, these are the ways in which God manifests himself, how he reveals right. himself to mankind. Right. But essentially, yeah, we're, we're talking about one being who has identified himself or revealed himself in three distinct ways that we see in scripture. And it's not abnormal. You know, I am me, my yes. name, right? But I'm a father. Yes. But I'm also a grandfather. Yes. But I'm also a friend. Yeah. yeah but yeah. I'm also a shepherd to people. But I'm also a student. Yeah. If you list that, it looks like so many different people, yeah. but you can, it's all one person. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and, you know, so when you look at that, it's really attributes. It's really a temperament. It's really a demonstration of a personality. And I, I think the, the first pastoral advice that I would give our, our listeners today is get away from the Godhead model and words and start thinking about there is just, we, 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 there's just one God. Yeah. There's one God and who manifests himself. So for example, if I'm going like right now, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm the, the, the speaker or teacher or whatever here in this podcast, 
right? But later on, when I'm going to pick up my grand, my grandkids, right? If I'm going to go get them from school or they're going to come home or whatever, we're, you know, yeah. we're going to have a day together. Uh, that's not Dr. Mark. Pastor <laughs> <laughs> Mark. Yeah, that'll be funny right? if your grandkids were calling you Dr. Mark. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. Imagine that. Yeah. So, so, but, but it's still the, the me. So I right. think what we need to do when we look at God and we're, we're thinking of Trinity just remember that he is, he is, he is, he is, period. Mm. That's who he is. Now, how he manifests himself, that depends upon where we are in life, our journey in life, what, what our quest might be. Um, um, and he will manifest himself uh, th- that way. So, but let's go for a moment. And, and if, you, if you want, Matthew, we should probably uh, touch the subject of where, where did this concept come from? Yeah. Yeah, right. where did this concept come from? Because, well, what do you think? <laughs> oh, I no, mean, this no, is my... <laughs> no, no, no. We need the theologian, not me. Oh, well, let's see. Um, <laughs> yeah, because it, it, everything, you know, if, if, if what I said is true a few moments ago, that there's no, the word doesn't appear in scripture. Right, yes. Right? Where did it come from? So it, it appears in history. That's what it is. It appears in history and, and more specifically in traditional history. So as we look back, and, and anybody could Google this. This is, it sounds profound, but you can Google it. I did too. <laughs> and check me on this one. Um, if you Google it or if like I have done, you know, studied more deeply, it's really the founding fathers or early in the er, early and not to bore people on details of years and all that, but the early part of the church emerging, mm. right? And as, did, as like an organization, like an actual tradition. As a mean, movement, right? okay. as a, yeah, as a tradition. Um, the uh, the founding fathers and the early leaders of the Christian church needed uh, formulated this concept because they were trying to put together uh, understanding, which is interesting, understanding how God the creator, mm. Father, would interact with Jesus the Redeemer or the Savior. Mm. But it was in reference to the manuscripts that they had. Mm. I, I, I imagine in my mind, the early people, it was probably a librarian that said, wait a minute, <laughs> we have to <laughs> so, confirm our documents so they're, here. so they're basically trying to reconcile this concept of God pre-Jesus and then God, now that Jesus has manifested, died, resurrected, how do we frame this concept of these two separate entities that we've experienced. Right, but it can also be, because, you know, this is wonderful, because this is the part I love. Mm-hmm. We can go into conjecture, and that's, you know, it, it could have been also that they they were exploring this de- deity, God, right? Mm-hmm. Now they're monotheistic. But all of a sudden, they're seeing this manifestation of him as a redeemer savior. So mm-hmm. they know him as creator, book of Genesis, right? Right, right. He made all things. Uh, that And father, they know that, that's Old Testament, mo- mostly Old, Old Testament. Uh, but now they're experiencing him as redeemer, savior, as presented by the gospel. So mm-hmm. how do they understand that? Like the 160,000 people that are, that are <laughs> is, is they really, they're, what they're saying is, let me, help me understand help me that. Understand. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that we need to conclude also that the, the 160, like the founding leaders of the Christian movement, were genuine in their quest to come up with this phrase. Yeah. You know, so I don't. I don't think there was malice intended, or they were misguided, or it was for some 
folk, you know, it wasn't the devil. It wasn't, you know, spiritual depravity at that point. It was, there was an honest quest to be able to reconcile like we're doing now. We're trying to reconcile these concepts into my daily life. And that's why you need a pastor holding your hand rather than a, you know, a scholarly uh, theologian. Yeah. Uh, Cause it'll help you face that. So that's where the word comes from. They came up with this word Trinity because now they're trying to make these connections. They were seeing in their manuscripts and in their writings. Cause remember, we the Bible is the main book that that we use, but then there was there's also extra biblical books that mm. that have been written, uh, some accepted, some not accepted, some questionable, and others not questionable. But nonetheless, they inform our general view. They really do inform. So they had all these they had these manuscripts and these books. I'm sure they have scrolls of the you know, whatever, and um. And, and I don't mean to say whatever to cast it aside. It's not being significant. Again, I'm trying it's to- It's an s- exhaustive list of, of references. There you yeah. go. So you say instead <laughs> of me, that's why you're the producer. So they had all of that. Now they were finding as they're looking at the role of deity of God, yeah. right? Manifesting himself to humanity. There were different kinds of manifestations of that. Hmm. And so they come up with this concept, Trinity, was included in the tradition of Christianity, and then today we have it as uh, you know one of the tenets and, and, and doctrines of the Christian faith. Yeah. Um, um, but uh, and like everything else with time, what, everything else with time, what happens is people add significance to something that originally was not that significant. If you look at it carefully, the uh, theological tradition, historical tradition, says that they would they were looking to understand the connection okay. of Jesus and God the Creator. So what's the, I'm trying to understand now, where's the kind of danger zone here when exploring this topic of the Trinity in the sense that what are some guidelines you think we should keep in mind when we're exploring this topic so that we don't get off the rails and kind of like get lost and almost forget the whole point of salvation in the first place? Well, that's the answer. We have to, we have to pull away. And this is very difficult to do. It, it, it sounds easy, but it, it's difficult to do. To try and be as neutral as possible when you approach not just this topic, any any topic. Yeah. Uh, because we bring preconceived notions, preconceived conclusions uh, in our lives, and we bring them to the table. And then what happens is everything that we discover is skewed by what we bring to the table. Mm. So, and it's difficult to come to a discussion. To not have a bias, basically, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah no, that yeah, is That's tough. a good word. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a tough word, but we, we in in, uh, in these uh, podcasts, we're not going to shout away <laughs> because it's tough. We're going to come, yeah, it's true. We have these biases in there. And, and then what happens is it'll continue to be a confusing point rather than a, a point that brings unity. Mm. And, and helps us, like you just said, highlight. The highlight of all of our discussions is going to be the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. The gospel. That's what it is. But these concepts are important because they're alive and they're moving in the church. Just like we when we did the episodes on, you know, on healing and when we did the episodes on when bad things happen to good people. We, you know, there's things that are floating in the mind. And obviously this one is a significant one because it's getting more hits than the than some of the other topics we've approached before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a very complex idea. Again, people, especially if you don't take the time and the approach that you just said of being open-minded and, and trying to be as objective as possible when exploring the answers to uh, the questions that you may have about the Trinity. That's very, I think that's very good advice to try to make sure, and it is difficult, it's human nature, we all have kind of our general understanding and worldview, right, right. Uh, of how things operate and how things should be. So yeah, it is. it can be tough to do that, but I think you're right, I think that's a very good way to try to approach a topic like this. And then also, 
you know, I did want to just touch on it real quick because we mentioned it or I mentioned it. This isn't something that should affect your salvation, right? I mean, I, I, can you just explain it just a little bit more? Like, why is this not a factor? Like, it, it's a fun topic to talk about. You know, it could be a little, little bit challenging. We may not get to a solid black and white answer, but why is this an example of something that shouldn't get you to heaven or not to heaven? Yeah. You know what it is? If you really, really think about it, there are very few things that get you to heaven or get you to hell, mm. right? Salve- baptism. Baptism yeah. in water, right? Yeah. Big thing with baptism in water. Well, first, that's also controversial. Do you baptize in the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit? Do you baptize in yeah. the name of, of Jesus only? Uh, do you immerse or do you sprinkle? <laughs> right. Do you uh, baptize adults? Or you, uh, baptize what about babies. babies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, uh, all, all of that. And we see some all those variations. Even teach, mm. Some even teach that unless you're baptized, you're not going to heaven. Mm. Help me understand. The guy on the cross next to Jesus. Yeah. He didn't even finish discipleship. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's and true. Did not the Lord said today you will be with me. Yeah. So, so there, if you think about it, it's, it's really Jesus, mm. you know, from the Christian classic Christian perspective and tradition, it's Jesus. You, mm. you, you come to faith in God, yeah. the Godhead, forget that word now, the God, through the uh, the salvific um, and effective work that Jesus did on the cross of Calvary, that's it. The guy on the cross, you know, he, he didn't have time. He was he died a little bit yeah. later. You know, he likely didn't get baptized. Right. He probably has no idea about the Trinity or anything like that. Yeah. So, we, but yet Jesus said, "You'll be with me in paradise." Correct. So I use that as an example because we oftentimes, sadly, we lift up these empirical uh, up topics. That this is the do or not. And I think it's fed by pride, by human pride. Mm. I think it's fed by human elitism that we think we know when we know it all. Mm. Rather than taking the track of Christ, which is, you know, the, the road of humility. Mm. The road of humility. I mean, I know I know some things, but I don't know everything. Right. <laughs> Even on this subject. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I know some things. I've spent time studying. Yeah. And in this, I know my name. I know my birth date. <laughs> <laughs> and you've taught this too. In, 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 in seminary, you mean? Seminary. seminary, yeah. seminary right? Even in the church here, I've done some classes on this stuff. Uh, uh, and I mean, I say stuff because I'm, I'm a real New Yorker. <laughs> we talk like that. Uh, but um, we have to realize that, no, this is not, in my opinion. Now, let me just be clear, because I'm, I'm sure I'm have some of my friends and colleagues listening, and I'll, 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 I'll hear from them probably later on. <laughs> Let, let's just do the full disclaimer, full transparency. I, uh, I land on the place of, trin- of being a Trinitarian. That's mm-hmm. where I land. But I have self-disciplined myself to such an extreme at this point in my life that I'm able to put away those personal conclusions, and as we stated earlier, even those biases that some might think it's a bias, put them aside to explore and even teach this in a way that's as neutral as possible. Uh, um, but it might be offensive because we're dealing with truth, and truth doesn't make you happy all the time. Truth yeah. you know, makes you uncomfortable. So in my view, I don't think this is an issue or topic of saved or, no, or not saved. I don't think so because I, what I said earlier, I said it because I meant it. You know, there's Trinitarians that are going to go to heaven. There's some that are not. Yeah. <laughs> but then, then there's people that are not Trinitarian that are, that are going to heaven as well. This is not a topic that's, um, but you have to be comfortable where you land. Like I'm comfortable in the landing. I understand others are not there and that's cool. I, that, I don't see them less. I don't see them less. Yeah. And, and I don't see them more either. 
you know, it, uh, knowledge and particularly divine inspiration of knowledge is is an equalizer for yeah. everybody. So, you know, but let's let's go through uh, because we're, 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 we we want to end this segment and then. Um, uh, but I want to end making sure we talk about for very brief overview of the three persons, yeah, right? The three persons it. or three personalities or three characteristics or three temperaments or three attributes okay. of God. I didn't use the Godhead, God. So it's, um, for those that know, this is a, a refresher course. For those that don't know, now you'll be learning. So you may want to write this down. So it's a uh, father, mm-hmm. son, and Holy Spirit. Yep. That's the three distinct manifestations is the word that I use of God into mankind and into humanity. Mm. So when you talk about father there, the, some of the things you think about father is he's the creator. So what you saw manifested in Genesis chapter one in the beginning, mm. I love that the, the opening of the Bible because in the beginning, that means there was no, no clock to tick tock <laughs> in the beginning. There's no, the, that word is placed there so that we as human beings can understand that there's a starting point, but yeah. that is not the starting point of God because God is omnipresent. He's omni, omniscient. He's all existent, always mm. existent. But it says that, that God, so when you look at that word God and you look at that f- opening uh, of the, uh, the book of Genesis, the Bible, the first few verses of the Bible, it's talking about God, the creator. Mm. It's not referring directly to Jesus, the redeemer savior, or Holy Spirit, the comforter, or paraclete, but rather it's talking about God. Now, does it include the participation or awareness, maybe that's a better word, awareness to uh, of Jesus and the Holy Spirit of what was going on? My answer is yes. Hmm. It does include that. But the one that was taking the role at that point and leading was God the Father, the creator of everything that exists. And then there we can go real deep, you know, uh, talking about his awesomeness, his power, because... He uh, existed before time. He created time. He, uh, he's, uh, he doesn't need matter to be able to create. Mm-hmm. He just needs his own ima- divine imagination. Yeah, his words. And, his, yeah. and, and that, that was all. The, the next one is that he spoke things. Yeah. I don't know about you, but, you know, not, not you, Matthew, but you audience. But I don't know if you, you've been able to um, uh, uh, cause a car to stop simply by saying stop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can you can make dinner by just simply saying cook. I know you say Alexa. And I know you say, <laughs> what's the other one? Siri. All this uh, stuff. They're, they're, well, don't say it too much. It might it might trigger some of our listeners' <laughs> devices right now. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> our pers- our digital personal assistants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. True. So, but, but God spoke <laughs> out of nothing. God the Father, yeah. Creator, spoke out of nothing. Everything that exists. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that's his role temperament. That's okay. the role that he plays, right? And we'll, we'll break that more down when we take an episode and concentrate yeah. on God, Father, Creator. The second one is, is Jesus, Redeemer, Savior. Yeah. So now his role is, it comes to our uh, uh, perception. We're able to perceive now his role more. He existed in creation. In fact, the, the verses in the New Testament that says that clearly, we'll touch those, those as well because we have some of those scriptures, that he was present in creation, Jesus. Mm. But Jesus now appears as the Redeemer Savior because all along the people of Israel in the Old Testament, they were expecting the Messiah to come, mm. right? Till this day, because they rejected Jesus, so they don't think that he was the Messiah because they, was expect, they were expecting another, another um, uh, you know, they were, they were going to rule a king uh, and they weren't expecting him to be born the way he was born. 
And so, but he came and he came really, and that we'll unpack it when we start talking about Jesus a little bit more in the, one of the episodes that are coming up. Um, his role was redemption. His, his role was savior, was not creator, although he was participant in creator, it was savior. Now, was God the father present in the salvific role of Jesus? My answer is yes. Mm. Was the Holy Spirit present? Yes, they were aware of what was going on. But the one that took the lead at that moment was uh, 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 Jesus, Savior, Redeemer. And we'll, we'll break that down because there's also the thing about he became the high priest and the sacrifice at the same time. We'll do a quick, ref- not a quick reflection, but a quick reference to um, the book of Hebrews where it talks about, you know, he's greater than creation and greater, although he was participating in creation, greater than creation, greater than the order of Melchizedek, all that. We'll, go, yeah. we'll, we'll couch that all together. And we won't go too deeply. It sounds like we're going deeply, but no, that's that's um, that should be a, a discipleship class kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's, in seminary, you go a lot more deeper uh, than that. Then the third is then the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And what is his role? His role, in my opinion, if you particularly as we read, now the Holy Spirit was present throughout the, the entire Bible. You'll mm-hmm. see him manifesting in the Old Testament differently than on the day of Pentecost, for example, Acts chapter 1 and chapter 2. Mm. differently. But he was always present because God always exists. There's no beginning and end to God. Mm. God. So God, God the Father, there's no beginning to the end. And, and to him, Jesus as God, there's no, no beginning nor end. He's the Alpha and the Omega. Holy Spirit the same way. So you'll find in Scripture, you don't even have to dig that deeply. You'll see in, in the readings the, the way the Holy Spirit was functioning during the journey of uh, the, all those years through the desert for the people of Israel. You'll see the workings of the Holy Spirit. Now, in the New Testament, it takes a different turn mm. because humanity was at a different place. Because if, if I say that God is never changing, and then I just said what I just said, it takes a different turn. Oh, Dr. Rivera, so he, he changes. <laughs> no, 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 no. God then responds differently. Back to back to my example. I'm a grandfather, right? Mm-hmm. So when my, my when I see my granddaughters, right, um, wh- what they need is a, a, I get so happy, I, and I hug them and kiss them, and right? And then I love them, and I pick them up. Now, if they're crying because they hurt, they stubbed their toe on something, my reaction to them is going to be different. Yeah. So I'm going to be a nurturer at that point, mm. right? I'm still the grandfather, but I'm going to be a nurturer. Same thing with God, depending upon not him, depending upon our condition. So at that point, we find in the New Testament that now the, the need for a redeemer, the, the, the laws that God gave to Moses and to the people of Israel, Rather than bringing justification to the people, what it was doing is bringing condemnation because no one could fulfill the law. No mm-hmm. one. So they needed to find someone, and that someone was now Jesus left heaven. We find, and we'll talk about that because then we have to talk, we make sure we talk about the duality of Christ too. Yes. yes. I'm just piquing the interest of our audience. Yeah, so they yeah, can tune yeah, yeah. For this, this is one. a good overview for yeah, each yeah, yeah, yeah. of the following episodes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, then Jesus comes in and we'll talk all about, all about that and now becomes um, the God that redeems us. Mm-hmm. And how did he do that? He died on the cross, shed his blood, gave his life. Died, was buried, resurrected, ascended to heaven, sitting at the right hand of the Father, and then with the promise to return for us, right? Now, was the Father aware, the one that I spoke about in Genesis? Absolutely. Just before Jesus was arrested on the, in, the, in, in Gethsemane, did not Jesus say, you know, Father, why, 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 or, or in that whole scenario of the cross, he says, uh, if it's at all possible, pass this cup from me. He mm. says to the father, to the mm. father, mm. right? Mm. 
But then he said, not my will done, be done, but yours. Mm-hmm. And even in the, in the words that he sh- that Jesus shares on the cross of Calvary, he, there's references to the Father. Yeah. So the Father was aware. And I, I want to I stay on that. And I know we're, we're closing now, but stay on that concept that although one is coming forward as the lead manifestation of the deity, the other two were aware of what was going on. So in creation, Jesus and the Holy Spirit were aware of the Father and Creator doing what he did, the the, the majestic work of creation. When Jesus now is on the cross and Jesus is on on earth, the the Father and the Holy Spirit were present also. When the Holy Spirit comes in the upper room and blesses the people and brings conviction to people, and then he becomes also the paraclete. And by the way, He's the one that is on earth now with the church because it says that Jesus was taken up into heaven and seated at the right hand of the Father. And what we find in the writings of the New Testament that it says that um, I'm not going to leave you alone, but I'm going to say send the comforter or the word there is paraclete, a comforter that will be in you and, and, and with you. And so the one that's guiding the church now is the Holy Spirit. But the Father and Jesus are aware of that as well. Hmm. So you said there's no, there's no disconnect because that's sometimes what we think. Well, it's disconnected, it's disjointed because if it's Father, Son, Holy Spirit, when one is functioning, no, 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 no. The I mean, it aware. sounds to me that if anything, these are these are all attempts by God to connect with us. Yes, that's good. That's a good. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Did I teach you that? <laughs> that's good. Well, you kind of just from <laughs> listening to you. Yeah, no, I mean, because that's uh, I mean every uh, uh, manifestation, as you said, uh, of God, uh, either as the Father. Um, as the Son or as the Comforter of the Holy Spirit, it's all God's attempt to really love us. You yeah, know? exactly. That's, that's really what it is. But like you said, we're you know this was a great overview and and you know kind of teasing everybody's appetite into uh, uh, the characteristics that we're going to dive into. And the following episodes, we'll have an episode dedicated to God the Father, another episode for uh, God the Son, and then an episode for God the Holy Spirit. So yeah. we'll, we'll be. I'm excited about this. I mean, it's very very heavy lifting. What I don't want, friends, is for you to leave these uh, sessions. Uh, confused. That is not the plan. The plan is to lay out a landscape so that you can understand his, history, understand theology, understand a little bit more about God. But also, uh, I, uh, you know, I want you to uh, grasp and find yourself in your humanity, and then um, that will lead you then to uh, the feet of God. It will lead you to the feet of God. But thank you so much, Matthew, and thank you, listeners, for. Just being with us and make sure you, you stay with us now for the next three, three sessions or so. We're going to be um, unpacking this a little bit more and hopefully it'll be a tremendous blessing for you. And it will that the illumination of the Holy Spirit will help us all to understand a little bit more. We hope you enjoyed this latest episode of Seek and Find with Dr. Mark Rivera. Thank you for listening and God bless.